Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Uh, welcome to Bet the Edge. I'm Jay Croucher, joined by the whale capper Drew Dinsick. Today, we're going to talk about one of my favorite markets, the comeback player of the year in the NFL. Drew will unveil his top 10 uh, NFL power <laughs> rankings, and we'll play off of that. And then we'll wrap up by talking about, certainly relative to expectations preseason, what is one of the most surprising lines, which is the Chargers plus seven at the 49ers. But Drew, how are you? How, how did our last night go for you? Oh, last night was good. Uh, got my full game under no problem and then uh, caught a little Ravens at halftime. And the Ravens angle at halftime was pretty straightforward, which is that uh, that defense for the Ravens is the antithesis of boomer bust. They only give up boom. If you're up against uh, uh, an offense that doesn't have the explosive player, the guy that can take the top off, the guy that can create kind of the, the home run threat, then you're going to struggle against that defense. And that's what the Saints were facing last night. And I think we kind of now have enough data on this Ravens defense to kind of say which offenses are really going to put them under pressure and which ones are not. Uh, and I think that's going to guide a lot of how these games go because the offense is going to do its thing. They're going to score twenty mid, you know, mid mid twenties points. Um, you know, they're much more comfortable playing from ahead uh, than having you know having to come play in comeback mode. But we saw them come back against the Bucks, so we know they can do it. Lamar Jackson, of course, is uh, is carrying the ship entirely by himself, which is an impressive feat. But I, you know, he's not going to have the statistical profile to get into the MVP race, in my opinion. And I think ultimately the Ravens are kind of an afterthought for an AFC at the end of the. Day. I will not be adding many Ravens to my futures because at some point in the playoffs, they will run into a team that can take the top off the defense and these guys are going to get exposed. Yep. I think to your point about the Ravens, I don't think they have the upside, which is strange because Lamar Jackson is one of the highest upside players week to week, but just there's just no pass catches. It's the same situation as Baltimore, except Aaron Rodgers can't run for 90 yards each game. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I don't think the Ravens have that type of stealing. To me, there's only one bet in the AFC, and we can talk about this later in the week, but I think the Chiefs now, who are still around plus 300 to win the AFC, to me, yeah. that is a bet because of, uh, and this might get outdated pretty quickly, but there is, right now, that market is reflecting that Josh Allen is 100% Josh Allen is just going to play this week and be fine, which, you know, it, he might. It might just be fine, but there's also some uncertainty baked in, and you're just basically getting a, a free swing 
uh, at the downside with Josh Allen by backing the Chiefs, you know, around plus 300, that mark. So uh, I think that is the bet on that side. Uh, let's jump into comeback player of the year where uh, the, the market has moved drastically uh, at the start of the season. So here's how wrong the market was at the start of the year. Derek Henry, since the market opened <laughs> at the end of last season, he was the favorite for comeback player of the year, I think pretty clearly. And uh, Derek Henry has vastly outperformed anything that I would have expected. You know, we've talked about it. I think he should be second favorite for offensive player of the year. He is having an incredible season and he has no chance whatsoever to win comeback player of the year because <laughs> he never had a comeback story because he already came back last year in the playoffs. Uh, so that was completely off. Michael Thomas was another favorite. Uh, obviously, it didn't go great for Michael Thomas. And so now we're in a situation where Geno Smith, who uh, a month or so ago was 50 to 1 to win this award, he is now minus 130 on points bet. He's the big mover. He is the favorite. Saquon Barkley, uh, who was in the minus 200 range not long ago, he's plus 150 in the second favorite. Uh, preseason, he was 30 to 1, 40 to 1 you could have gotten uh, before he settled in just before the start of the year in the 15 to 21 range. And then outside of that, I mean, Christian McCaffrey's not going to win. He's plus 1,300. Uh, Nick Gates, who I know that some people are bullish on. I just don't think anyone really knows who Nick Gates is. Uh, if you ask random NFL fans what team he played for, you would get you would get 32 different answers. So I just don't think he has a profile to win this award, particularly when Saquon is on his team as well. So I think this is a two-horse race between Geno and Saquon. And I'll go into who I think should be the, the clear horse in front but is there anyone else that you think has a chance in this market nope this is a funny one because there's not really any rules here it's it basically is what yeah right and and, you know what you put yourself into a a sports columnist's shoes at the end of the year trying to just get those you know it's holiday season they're spending time with family they're not really trying to uh you know kind of uh really grind grind at this point in the year they just want to get their column in and, and and head home for the for the holidays what's what positive story can i write you know what? What? What can I? You know what? What player can I highlight as as really having a, just a, an incredibly positive impact on the season that was a surprise? And that's sort of how this ends up becoming. You know, kind of the the comeback player of the year. It's much more so than you came back from a specific thing, uh, a specific injury, um, because the top two guys on this list both played last year. They just stunk. And this year they've been excellent, and so that's a comeback apparently. Um, but that's the way it goes. It, and uh, you know, I think realistically, um, you know, Geno Smith, the, the the effectively this is a by proxy most improved player award because you know he went from you know absolute true blue second unit only kind of a player to top ten quarterback in the NFL. And this isn't fluky. Uh, you know, it's been a perfect synergy with what they're doing in Seattle in terms of what they're asking him to do and what his skill set allows them to do. Um, and it's been an awesome story. We've been capitalizing on it game by game. Uh, hopefully capitalize it on it with a, an NFC West title. And uh, he should capitalize it with some uh, end-of-the-year hardware as well. Um, but uh, it's tough for me to say that there's going to be any more positive story to write when the dust settles at the end of this year than what, an, what, what, a, what a superlative emergence we've had from Geno Smith. Yep, I'm with you there. And I think, yeah, you made all the points. The The key one to me is that people are getting hung up on the definition of award and they're getting 
that or the definition of comeback, and they're getting hung up on it in a way that the voters will not, because the award <laughs> is not. Voters are not scrolling through the fine print and the terms and conditions. Awards like this, they get voted on in the spirit of the award, and in the yeah. spirit of the award, Gino is the guy. And when you ask, like, what what did Gino actually come back from? Here's what he came back from. He came back from the dead. His career was done and he's returned yeah. from the dead and now he's thriving amongst the living. And that's his comeback <laughs> story. And look, the thing is, with awards like this, you know one guy has separated himself from the pack when he starts getting talked about for other awards. And Geno Smith yes. right now is being talked about for MVP. Now, he's not going to win MVP because the Seahawks are not going to get the one seed and he's just not not quite the same tier this year, even though he is kind of close to uh, Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen and, and even, I guess, Jalen Hurts. I think Geno Smith is just as good as Jalen Hurts, to be honest. I, I think there's that much yeah. of a difference. But Hurts is on an unbeaten team and Geno has three losses. But yeah, that's the same thing like... Bill Barnwell, he wrote an article yesterday where he's talking about Source Gardner as a, as a uh, defensive player of the year candidate. So I was like, all right, well, if he's, <laughs> candidate, he's probably going to win defensive rookie of the year. I think we were talking as well about how there was yeah. some, some very small chatter about Micah Parsons for MVP. And so, you know, well, he's probably going to win defensive player of the year then if he yeah. stays healthy. And I think Gino. You know, he's top five in just everything, in DVOA, in PFF grade, passer rating, completion percentage, QBR, like everything. He's been in the lead quarterback on a team that just went over its preseason win total uh, this week, uh, in week nine, because they were set at five and a half. So to me, yeah. Gino, I mean, I wouldn't feel great about laying minus 250 on Gino, honestly, because I think it's just a bet on health and the Seahawks making the playoffs. I think the Seahawks should be minus 800 to make the playoffs at this point in the yeah. NFC or in that range. And that's contingent on Geno staying healthy as well. So yeah, I just, I think he just wins the award uh, with health and avoiding complete outliers. Anyway, let's talk about your power rankings, Drew. But first, reminder to download the Roto World app to receive breaking player news all season long. Stay ahead of the competition by favoriting players on your roster. Get the latest injury updates, player news, and much more delivered right to your phone. It's available in the App Store today. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. If a friend asks how you're doing and you say, I'm okay. When the truth is, I don't want my problems to burden anyone. Or you say, hang it in there. Because if I ask for help, they'll just think I'm weak. Then this is your sign to call, text, or chat. 988 for free confidential support. Anytime. You don't have to hide how you feel.
This football season, PointsBet is bringing you a better way to bet live on games, which means before this ad is over, you can place a live same-game parlay, bet on the next drive to be a touchdown, and cash out your live second-half over bet. So whether you are on the move or on the couch, do it live on PointsBet. Download the PointsBet app today and sign up with the code BETTHEEDGE to get a second chance on your first five bets up to $100 each. New customers only, must be 21 plus and present in Colorado, Iowa, Illinois, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, Virginia, West Virginia, Kansas, or Louisiana. Void where prohibited, Louisiana license pending in partnership with Louisiana iGaming LP, DBA Boomtown, New Orleans. Second chance means that if any of your first five cash bets, first five bet per day for five consecutive days on a fixed odds market loses, you will receive free bets in the amount of the losing wager up to $100 each. Additional terms and conditions apply. See the promotions page and terms and conditions section of the PointsBet website for more details. Gambling problem? In Colorado or Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700. In Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. In Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. In Michigan, call 1-800-270-7117. In Virginia, call 1-888-532-3500. And in Louisiana, call 1-877-770-STOP. 1-877-770-7867. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help in Illinois, New Jersey, West Virginia, or Pennsylvania, call 1-800-GAMBLER for crisis counseling and referral services or visit www.1800GAMBLER. Gambler.net. Gambling problem? Call 877-8-HOPE-NEW-YORK or text HOPE-NY-467-369 in New York. Okay, let's talk top 10 NFL power rankings by Drew Dinsick after week nine. Let's start going from 10 through to six. I'm just going to read these out and I'll let you play off it. And so you've got the Vikings at number 10, making them two points better than the average team. Ravens number nine, two and a half points better, which I think will surprise some people that they are that low given they are, I think, the fifth favorite for the Super Bowl. Bengals, number eight, two and a half points better as well. Exact same rating as the Ravens, which will again surprise people. The mighty Seattle Seahawks, seventh, three points better, same as the Niners in sixth, three points better. So uh, what do you want to hit on among these teams? Well, I think you bring up some interesting points, uh, and notably the fact that you have—I have at least a tie here between the uh, Bengals and the Ravens. Um, Bengals outperforming the Ravens clearly in EPA per play so far this season. You have sure. to downgrade them a hair because their competition that they've gone against has been substantially weaker than the Ravens. The Ravens have played a tougher schedule to this point, um, but in reality, you know, we kind of hit it off the top. The Ravens can be beaten on defense by a game-breaking wide receiver or two. Uh, and they will have to face one of those players, one of those teams or two, uh, in a playoff run. And uh, I think realistically, because their defense is susceptible to the big play, they really can't be any more than a field goal favorite uh, against a t- neutral team on a, you know, an average team on a neutral field. Um, and uh, yeah, with the weapons that they have on offense, this is still an offense that I have kind of mean expectation right in the mid twenties, right in the mid twenties. So like because the offense doesn't have uh, that much of an upside to the good. Uh, and the defense can be susceptible. They have to kind of be in the bottom half of the uh, top 10 in my mind. So um, they have to be in the lower quartile of the upper quartile. If, if you, uh, if you <laughs> yes, catch my drift. Yes, um, everything. <laughs> the, uh, the, uh, the other kind of key point I want to make is, uh, you know, the Bengals, 
realistically, this is an, still an offensive driven team. They have a defense that is suffering from a cluster injury at cornerback. Um, so if there is, if you were to tell me that we re redo this in four weeks, who's going to fall out of the top 10? Uh, my eyes are most clearly fixed on the Bengals. Cause if that defense takes some meaningful steps backwards with the, with the cluster injury at cornerback, um, they're going to find themselves completely out of the playoff mix and, and below average, uh, in terms of power rating. So, um, I'm, I'm, I'm keen on kind of watching how that plays out, but, uh, Ravens don't deserve a top five spot in my, my mind. Uh, and then, yeah, you mentioned it. Uh, what a race in the NFC West between yeah. the Seahawks and the Niners. Uh, no difference between these teams as, curr as currently rostered. The Seahawks defense has improved m immeasurably uh, from the start of the season to what they are currently constituted in terms of DVOA, in terms of EPA per play. It is awesome to watch this young defense grow and, and thrive. Uh, and uh, the Niners, on the other hand, are still, you know, they, they, have, they have a lot to prove. It's an inconsistent team. Jimmy Garoppolo, not necessarily a guy that I'm really willing to stake my future on outside of the fact that uh, he is the one quarterback in the NFC playoff picture as as we sit here today, he's the only guy with the experience. And I think that matters. Um, but it doesn't really give me much confidence in rating the Niners as an elite team. Yep. No, I'm with you there. The Seahawks defense, that's been the surprise because I think we we knew even a couple of weeks ago that this offense was just a legit top eight offense with the way Geno's playing with the weapons in Lockett, Metcalf and Walker and an offensive line that's not great, but it's not a catastrophe either. But it's the defense, which I just didn't think it had these performances you know, in them to hold the Cardinals to nine points to keep the charges relatively in check. Um, this is just now a, like a solid defense. They're getting more out of and Wosu than you would have expected. Tariq Woolen just coming out of nowhere to be, you know, a shutdown corner uh, in the NFL has really increased the ceiling of that team. Just quickly on the Ravens before we go to your top five, I think the most important player for the Ravens it, for the rest of the season, well, it's Lamar Jackson, clearly. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, probably Lamar Jackson. Yeah, it's Lamar Jackson, but once we go out, if we go more into the niche realm, I think Kyle Hamilton, is the most important swing piece mm. for that team because right now he's got a, an 81 PFF grade. He has really taken steps after a pretty rough initiation. He's looking mm. a lot better. He had incredible draft pedigree. He was being talked about as potentially a top five, seven pick at one point. The advanced numbers have always loved Kyle Hamilton and he's not playing the snaps at the moment. I think he's only got 250 snaps on the season, mm. but when he's been out there, he's getting a lot better. And if you add him, uh, to what they already have in Marlon Humphrey in particular, who is another legit shutdown corner. Now, Marcus Peters might just be done, and uh, he was bad last night, and he really should have got burned for a touchdown to Marquez Callaway that Dalton just airmailed. But, so he'd be, he would be the concern. But if Hamilton can give them elite safety yeah. play, which is in, in play given his pedigree, then that would change the complexion of their defense. But I agree, as currently constructed, yeah. I don't think they have the ceiling. Certainly the top... Four teams that we're going to talk about. Number five, I think there's an argument for, though they have a high ceiling too. And let's jump into that, uh, your top five. So five are the Miami Dolphins, which I think are probably the biggest shock on this list that they are in the top five. Three and a half points better than the average team. Then the Dallas Cowboys, our darling, number four, four points better. No. Eagles, number three, four and a half points better than the Chiefs and the Bills in that order. Chiefs, five and a half better. Bills, seven better. Just quickly... If it's Case Keenum for the Bills, how much better are they than average? Bills fall to nine. If we switch out uh, Josh Allen for Case Keenum, I would downgrade them uh, five-ish. Four and a half, five points. down. They, they go from a seven to a two and a half by my numbers. Um, but uh, it's... 
again, I'm, I, I think my, my current room, you know, we'll talk about this tomorrow. I think Josh Allen probably misses about three games. Um, I think wow. that you look at the schedule, that's kind of, it, it makes sense, right? Because the third game would be the short week, Thanksgiving, Detroit. They can win those three games, presumably with Case Keenum, you know, Minnesota, Cleveland, and Detroit. So uh, I think realistically you see Josh Allen take the field again December 1st against the Patriots. That's just my gut read. No inside information on that. Um, the um, the other teams that you mentioned, and we'll talk. We'll start with the number five uh, Miami Dolphins here. Um, this is a throwback team to a football of a different era when offense mattered, right? Like this is this, this is a team that doesn't really fit the current iteration of the NFL in terms of what they're doing well, uh, and it doesn't look like the rest of the teams in the NFL. Uh, they have two absolute speed threat, game breaking wide receivers going all, all along with an absolute godlike scheming from Mike McDaniel and Tua is performing fine. He has some lows, by the way, if you look at his tape, there are some outlier what in the world was happening there kind of moments, but it does not matter when any given down, you can hit a 20 yard game breaker or a 40 yard uh, screen pass turns into a 40 yard touchdown. Like it's, it's crazy, crazy, crazy how explosive this team is. And there is no one else now with Jamar chase out, uh, and some of the offensive line issues in Cincinnati, there is no one that comes close to the explosiveness that the Miami Dolphins currently have on the field on any given down. Uh, so you have to absolutely keep them in the discussion as a top five team, even though their defense has stunk out loud. We talked about how over the last four weeks, Seahawks defense, number two in the league in EPA per play. Miami Dolphins defense, bottom half of the league. This has been a rough, rough, rough go for these guys of late. And you can don't have to look any further than just last week where, you know, they were fighting for their lives against a team that you would have thought they had, uh, you know, in, you know, clearly uh, would be able to cover with, uh, you know, without any real threats in the passing game. But um, all that said, defense for the Miami Dolphins has taken a massive step backwards this year. But the offense, particularly led by the Mike McDaniel scheme, has been amazing. And I do not see that stopping anytime soon, even though we're getting into the winter months and it does become a little bit more of a, uh, you know, kind of, chess matchy instead of just being able to exercise your explosiveness and get your way. But Dolphins play in warm weather. Dolphins don't have an especially tough schedule. I think uh, this team is absolutely in the mix for a, uh, a playoff seed and uh, maybe uh, maybe threatens the uh, the Bills for the AFC East if the Bills do stumble in the absence of Josh Allen. Yeah, key there is that Miami did win that first game, so they have the tie break right now. So I would, it's not quite this simple, but you would, almost make their division price, their head-to-head price to win a game in Buffalo. And then a little bit, you know, you're still projecting the Bills as a better team. So it's a little bit on top of that, but that's a huge leverage game. I'm with you on Miami's upside. I think I think Tyreek Hill is probably the most valuable non-quarterback yeah. in the league, along with Aaron Donald. It's probably Tyreek and Aaron Donald. Those are the two. Mm-hmm. I think he separated himself. Micah Parsons. Yeah. In that <laughs> Micah Parsons. Yeah. yeah. Micah Parsons is there too. But I think Tyreek has as good a case as anyone. I think he should be the clear offensive player of the year yeah. favorite. I, I, by my numbers, he should be plus 175 for that award. He's still value in the market, even though the market has finally caught up and made him favorite. Uh, and then you raised it with the defense, which has been very, very bad, mainly against the pass, which is what you don't want to be bad against even in today's NFL. But there is upside on this defense, and it comes with Xavier Howard getting healthier, getting right. I mean, he was being an elite shutdown uh, cornerback in the league previously, and he's been horrific yeah. this year because he's been banged up. So there is upside there. Javon Holland's a good safety. They lack in the secondary outside of those two. But the defensive line now with Bradley Chubb, I mean, you add him to to Jalen Phillips and Melvin Ingram. Like there is talent on that defensive line. 
And I think that Chubb, even though I don't think either of us love Chubb as a player relative to his perception because he was such a high draft pick, but at the same time, like the ripple effects now of having another guy that means that you can just rush four and not have to blitz so much and expose that secondary, which hasn't held up. I do think the Dolphins have a ton of upside. Before we move on, let's just talk quickly about Philly and Dallas. So you make these teams basically neck and neck. Yeah, I don't see much difference between them, and that may shock people. I think as pe- as you kind of digest sort of the mainstream power ratings, Philly's going to be number one on everybody's board, and that's because they're the last undefeated team. And the you know, and Bills just lose. Got to move them down to three, maybe farther. Uh, and you know that that by attrition, Philly is now conceived as the number one team. Make no mistake, if they played tomorrow with uh, Allen on the field, the Eagles would be three and a half point dogs on a neutral. Is that you think that's fair? Three point dogs, they would be dogs, and similarly yeah, against the Chiefs, they'd be three point dogs. Like this Philadelphia Eagles team, even though they have been amazing this year, the you know the the disparity in terms of competition that they have faced on every other team that matters uh, is pretty is pretty stark. Like you can't deny it. And yep. just on that basis alone, we don't really know how good the Eagles are. And they may be a little bit insistent on a game plan, you know, just working in their favor. They obviously the NFC right now goes through, the, you know, goes through the link. They're going to get a buy. They're going to be healthy. Presumably they are the team to beat in the NFC. I don't disparage any of that, but the margin between them, and the Cowboys is ne- negligible. The Cowboys are now at full strength. The offensive line, which was considered a, a you know, somewhat of a, an Achilles heel to start the season has played very well. Uh, they have now a full complement of wide receivers with Mike, Michael Gallup returning. Uh, and I think the you know, just the emergence of Tony Pollard to complement Zeke Elliott when he's healthy is a solid one-two running back duo. And you kind of now have a, a complete full team around Dak Prescott, who is, you know, when complemented with these pieces, a clear top 10 quarterback in the NFL. No question. On the other side of the football, Michael Parsons has been the best defensive player in football this year, and it has not been close. And Dan Quinn is orchestrating an absolutely superlative defense so far. Uh, Cowboys defense ought to be your top-rated defense in the NFL, in my opinion, and a lot of it runs through Parsons. So um, I'm excited to see these two teams play, obviously, uh, coming up on Christmas Eve. You're going to get a healthy dose of Cowboys if you're watching primetime TV between now (laughs) and Christmas. It is just Cowboys, 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 Cowboys. Uh, So just, you know, you know, prepare yourself if you're not a Cowboys fan. Yeah, I'm I'm with you completely. I, in fact, I have the Cowboys rated slightly in front of the Eagles, um, which I think would be surprising to most, but I just think they have a better defense. They have, to me, still a better quarterback. I still rank, that, rank Dak Prescott higher than Jalen Hurts, despite uh, their MVP odds and everything, respectively. And I think the perception of Jalen Hurts uh, as well has risen above Dak Prescott in the eyes of many, but I would still take Dak in a playoff game. And then I think just the upside getting healthier on the offensive line, uh, I think the Cowboys are right there. And then to you, just quickly on the top two, Chiefs-Bills. I was doing this thought exercise last night. I would make the Bills with Allen three-and-a-half-point favorites at home to the Chiefs in an AFC title game, which is basically in line with what you've got here once you factor in home yeah. field. And I would make the Chiefs five-point favorites home to the Ravens uh, in the divisional round matchup or whatever. So yeah. then that pretty much aligns with you yeah. two. And also, just before we move on to the last segment, if you're thinking about like Super Bowl bets versus mm-hmm. conference bets, like you have to math out what the team is going to be in the Super Bowl. And that's why generally, like with a team like the Chiefs, 
uh, you're better off just back in the Super Bowl price because the market is it's doing too much of just like doubling the conference price into the Super Bowl. Uh, whereas the Chiefs, I think on average in the Super Bowl would be minus 180 money line, that type of range, three mm-hmm. and a half, four point favorites, that type of range. So probably four point favorites on average in the Super Bowl, I'd say. They're probably going to be three point, two and a half point yeah. favorites against the Eagles. Uh, similar yeah. against the Cowboys, uh, and then bigger than that against everyone else. And there's a huge chance that the uh, the NFC representative isn't the Eagles or the Cowboys. There's even a chance that it's like the Seahawks, in which case the Chiefs are <laughs> seven-point favorites in the Super Bowl. Um, who knows? It's a, it's a crazy world. One other, one, other, one other huge, huge point to add to this, because I completely agree. The Chiefs are what? They're a market darling. You think yes. anyone who is making markets is not like they're they're all aware. Like the minute the Chiefs run, like I, I'm I'm having I'm gonna have them in pocket. No no way. I'm I'm not getting left out of the party here. No way. Yeah. Like that that team gets market support like no one else in the NFL because Patrick Mahomes is that good. He's that elite. And yep. they may not deserve it, but like if there's one team that the market rating can absolutely disappear on you, it is the Chiefs. And yep. you know, they they, they may by default, like the true price may be two and a half, three in a Super Bowl matchup against an elite NFC team. But the idea that the market isn't going to surcharge that with another point, point and a half, I, you know, you, you're you're not going to have another opportunity to get any equity out. I don't think unless you get involved at some point. And the Chiefs can move into the one seed; they yes. can continue to win. But at the same time, like, and the pressure is on them to keep winning because a Chiefs loss at this point, if they move back a step at all. And, uh, you know, the, the, they end up in the three seed, for instance, or even, you know, a four seed for whatever reason. If they have to play the Bills uh, in the coming off of a bye instead of, uh, you know, getting them in the NF- AFC championship game, that's a huge, huge swing in terms of win probability. So Chiefs are very volatile right now. Um, but the, if they go, the market is going to absolutely, uh, you know, push that price to the ceiling. Yep, they don't have a particularly difficult schedule. I'd say it's about neutral going forward as well, so that's not a concern. All right, just a reminder, if you don't have the NBC Sports Predictor app, go download it now. The contests are free and easy to play, and you have a shot to win thousands this weekend by predicting what will happen in college football, on the PGA Tour, and in the Premier League. There is also $100,000 up for grabs by guessing the outcome between the Chargers and 49ers in our Sunday Night 7 contest. Let's talk about that game. The line is 49ers minus seven. Total is 46 and a half. Preseason, this would have been two, minus two, I would guess, in that range. Basically the same team, same power rating. Uh, And now it has changed substantially with the Chargers just dealing with uh, a cluster of injuries at uh, every position. Uh, They've lost both their starting wideouts. Don't know what the hell is happening with Keenan Allen's hamstring. Mike Williams dealing with the high ankle sprain. No Joey Bosa, no Rashawn Slater. Uh, so that's a lot of their best players gone, <laughs> and the line is seven. Is this too many points, though, against Justin Herbert? So, Jay, the preseason market up at uh, all of our onshore shops here, pick them. Yeah, this was a wow. pick them. <laughs> this was a pick them. Uh, but again, that was... At that point, yeah, uh, yeah, that was, this was expected to be Trey Lance uh, in prime time for sure. the first time, I think, right? Uh, or this would have been his this would have been his second or third prime time game. But either way, this was uh, you know the the nine you know the, the the Chargers were world beaters in the eyes of the futures market makers to start the season. It just yes. hasn't manifest because they have been the most injured team in terms of impactful players to this point in the season, and it hasn't been close. Like they have suffered immeasurably from injuries, and you know what's crazy? 
there was a little bit of move in favor of the Niners yesterday. It wasn't significant, but it was something. And the best I can trace it back to is Trey Pipkins may not go. And (laughs) that's the state that we are in here for the Chargers, where Trey Pipkins' availability matters. Because if he's out for this game, then you have a Storm Norton appearance up against a defensive line that's fully (laughs) fully healthy. Uh, Don't want to see Storm Norton in this game. And again, if you don't know who Trey Pipkins is, you're not alone. Many, many people do not know who Trey Pipkins is, but he is currently their starting tackle. And if it if that becomes a tra- uh, you know a Storm Norton appearance and uh, he's up against the Niners D line, then you know you can pretty like much Storm Norton against Nick Bosa. Is that going to work out? <laughs> do not love. Um, and actually, I mean, you know, Nick Nick Bosa. I, I, similarly, uh, you know, Chargers not moving not moving Herbert effectively. Uh, in the pocket and move, not moving him out of the pocket because probably because of that rib injury. So, um, yeah, he's he is a sitting duck in large part if that's their offensive line, which is bad. Um, I want to be I want to back the Chargers here. This is an inflated price beyond belief. Um, but yeah, because again, like it's not a good matchup for Jimmy G. He gets to go now now throwing the throwing the ball with Derwin James ball hawking back there. That's not great for him. Um, you know, in general, the you know, his chemistry with the wide receiver is still, you know, somewhat questionable. His eye, you know, his ability to operate the offense is, is somewhat questionable. But um, I think the right side here is the Chargers, but please, please, please let Trey Pumpkins play. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think uh, it's not a great matchup where the Chargers, as they did last year, just have a horrific run defense again, uh, fourth worst in the league by DVOA. Uh, so it's not a great matchup against Kyle Shanahan and Christian McCaffrey uh, and everything that the Niners do in the run game. Uh, but I just I, seven points is a lot when there's this level of quarterback mismatch. Justin Herbert, he looks healthy again. He looks like Justin Herbert again. I think we can kind of move beyond that rib injury when we're pricing out who Herbert is going forward. Uh, they're extremely banged up. Uh, but at the same time, I just think that, you know, we'll see what happens with Keenan Allen, but this is a lot of points for Jimmy Garoppolo to be laying uh, against Justin Herbert. So it's charges plus yeah. seven or pass for me, but it's close enough yep. where if it was six and a half, I'd probably take the Niners in that spot. Uh, before we go, Drew, just want to mention that last night we did nail, well, I didn't nail, you and Vaughn <laughs> Dalzell nailed the association. Vaughn went 8-0 and on his prop bet, so check that out Jeez. going forward. And- you had uh, the mighty Atlanta Hawks. You didn't even need Trey Young um, to get that one home with ease. That was an easy win. Uh, and then also, who else? You had the Pacers as well. And uh, Pacers, yeah, Pacers and Hawks money lines came through for me. And then uh, my my chalk uh, let me down, but overall it was a winning night thanks to the mighty Hawks. You mentioned it. Um, crazy game. The association is wild right now. Uh, wild. I don't know why they did this with the schedule. I guess it's for voting day here in america but uh it's uh uh it's interesting how november is playing out so far and this uh this is more wide open than i ever would imagine did you watch much of uh celtics grizz i did yes i just think the grizz just you felt the absence of jaron jackson last yeah. night it's especially with Stephen adams also not there that was i think that was the difference um yeah. the celtics looks they look phenomenal the fact that like peyton pritchard can't even get off the bench for this team uh, just goes to show their perimeter depth. I still think they're the best team in the East. 
particularly when Robert Williams comes back. Uh, so, yeah, they're just the juggernaut. The Grizz, John Morant did not look great last night. His fourth quarter, he was just repeatedly just driving into traffic, just heaping up trash. Uh, he'll be better going forward. Um, but, yeah, I still think the Grizz are the team to bet in the West because they're going to look so much different when Jaron Jackson gives them that size, that athleticism, that shot-blocking shot presence, and also the spacing um, at five. So it was a fun game, uh, and I think we're going to be talking about both of those teams a lot. All right, we are done. Don't forget to check out NBCSportsEdge.com for more information to help you with your wages. Thanks, everyone, watching on the NBC Sports YouTube channel. And if you're listening in podcast form, don't forget to rate and subscribe us. From Jay Croucher and Drew Dinsick. we'll see you tomorrow. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. If a friend asks how you're doing, and you say, I'm okay. When the truth is, I don't want my problems to burden anyone. Or you say, Hang it in there. Because, If I ask for help, they'll just think I'm weak. Then this is your sign to call, text, or chat. 988 for free, confidential support. Anytime. You don't have to hide how you feel. 